0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Gym Class All-Stars. As always, we are brought to you by the Vigit Sports Betting app, where you can bet fake coins, win real prizes. Download Vigit today and use our referral code Stars. All right, not a lot going on around in the world of sports. Uh, season's coming to an end, uh, playoffs beginning, but the the news is going to be a little lighter today. So we're going we're to start here at the top with the NBA. Last day of the regular season is today. Final seedings being clinched, uh, teams punching their tickets to the play-in tournaments, to the top six seeds. Let's start over in the East, where the play-in tournament has been officially determined. The Boston Celtics had already locked up the seven seed, essentially, when they didn't make the top six. They were going to be seven no matter what. Washington has risen in the rankings. They are going to be facing Boston in that first game as the eight seed. Indiana holds firm at nine and Charlotte has fallen from grace. Wee-wee. The 10 seed just slipped in here. Biggest surprise uh, in your opinion, in these four teams.
1: It's, I feel like it's cliche to say Charlotte, but I'm surprised they fell all the way at 10. I'm honestly surprised the Pacers are still in this. Like they should have been in the playoffs before, but every time I looked at the standings, it was like their 11th or 12th for whatever reason. But I'm glad that they're in the playoffs. I'm not saying their team's going to make a whole lot of noise, but it would be nice to see Karis LeVert and Sabonis do a little bit of work. Maybe some Miles Turner action. You know, Tiny Jesus, TJ McConnell. We're always rooting for him, my favorite. But yeah, no, Charlotte falling to ten is kind of a travesty. We sort of knew that the Wizards would catch fire at the right time with you know, Westbrook basically doing a triple double every night and. As much as we disparage Russell Westbrook in terms of his shooting abilities, you never want to piss him off. Nope. That man will kill you.
0: That man will run you over like a freight train. Yes. Speaking of Washington, I don't know how many people would have expected this meteoric rise, but lo and behold, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beale have brought this team back from the depths. If, you know, I, like I was kind of saying all year, obviously being the seven and eight seed has it's, drawbacks because you're in this play-in tournament but I still think it feels better for a team to have been top eight that normal playoff standing so for Washington that has to feel really good and also of course that means they get two chances now if they do fall to Boston Um, but so of these four teams if you had to pick one to be an absolute lock to make the actual playoffs who would you pick?
1: I'd I'd hate to say Boston but I feel like as a seven seed you kind of have to be a lock at this point and Boston's good enough where if you know they somehow lose to Washington which I don't think will happen. I think they could beat Indiana or I think they could beat uh Charlotte depending on who wins that 9-10 matchup. So we're going to we're going to lock it in with Boston but I you know there could be a little bit of chaos from the 7-8 game. Who
0: knows? No oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Boston is going to make it. I I'm hopeful and because of how hopeful I am, I'm just going to say I think Washington is going to be the team I'm going to say is a lock whether or not they beat Boston is definitely still up for debate but i think with those two chances it's very hard to say that two players of the caliber of veal and westbrook are not going to be able to win one of two games against the middle of the pack in the worst conference of the two so boston washington though definitely the teams to look out for here you know philly uh, philly and most likely brooklyn are going to be watching very closely to see who they'll be getting in the first round um you said your preference was boston before we started the show here is that that's still true uh, yeah i i'm i'm a big revenge guy
1: so uh Let's uh, let's kill Boston and uh, call it a call it a nice year. We've had a lot of agony when it's come to Boston, the playoffs, but we're definitely better than them this year, obviously. They're a little banged up, and that's fine with me. We're looking a lot better. I will say, though, going back to that matchup, assuming if Charlotte wins the 9-10 game, whoever loses the 7-8 is probably going to probably have a tough time with Charlotte. Like I know they've slipped kind of surprisingly, but I'm interested to see what a pissed-off Lamella Ball will do, and if you get Gordon Hayward and company kind of going off, Miles Bridges, who knows, quite frankly. But right now, I think the scenario where Charlotte would somehow make it in is if Boston lost the 7-8 game. I'm not saying Boston's worse than the Wizards, but I think Russell Westbrook and company could – Take them on. I think it's just Boston being banged up potentially. That could be a scenario where they don't make it in. But I do think 7 8 will stay the same. It's kind of hard at this point for the 9 10. So we'll call it even at that. We sort of talked about it last week. And then we have the wonderful world of the West Conference where <laughs> Robbie and I probably deserve master's degrees for how long we spent trying to figure out the seating. So from memory, Right now, if the Jazz win tonight, they'll get the number one seed. If they lose, because Phoenix has already played today, Phoenix will then get the one seed. So Jazz win, they're already in, so I can't say that. But you you get the point.
0: Phoenix won, so they put themselves in the position where if the Jazz lose, they have a shot. No team in the top seven for the West, by the way, is solidified in their position. No, everybody can change variably. And that's, that's why we're so excited about this. So that, that's how the top looks. It, it, neither of them can fall past two. It's pretty much just who's the top seed in the West. Three, four comes down to Denver, who plays Portland, who we're going to get to in a second, but they're fighting for their, their. we'll call it playoff lies at this point, saying the play-in's a little more dangerous here. Um, so, but if, if Denver wins, locked in at three, they're good and they'll get whoever, you know, the sixth seed ends up being between, the Lakers the Mavericks and the uh the Blazers that whole mess. Of course yeah uh, one of these three
1: teams you'll play yes. and then you have the Clippers who also play tonight the Clippers need to win and then also need to have the Blazers or sorry the Nuggets lose or the Blazers win yeah. to become the three seed so they're either going to be three or four underneath that is then the Mavericks who <laughs> let's say if they win they'll stay at five so here's the thing mavericks are playing the timberwolves tonight if the mavericks win which they should they'll be at five if they lose they will then drop down to
0: they can drop as far as seven correct no 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 they're they're they're, they're in the just top six. six they okay they own the tiebreaker over the lakers but not the blazers I think, okay I remember that correctly
1: yeah i think that's right so i was i just want to emphasize I was hoping it would be seven because if they lose to the Timberwolves tonight, they deserve to be at seven, <laughs> but yeah, I digress. So yeah, they could drop to six. If they win tonight, they will be five. And then the Blazers and Lakers are six and seven. Currently the Warriors are locked in at eight. Congratulations to them. They won today. They beat the Grizzlies Grizzlies nine and then Spurs are 10. So they will be the last three of the playing games. Yeah. So six, seven, six Blazers win. They get their sixth and could move up to five if the Mavericks lose tonight. Yep. Lakers need to win. They're playing the Pelicans. They should win, especially since they're probably going to bench everyone. And then <laughs> if the Blazers lose, they will then become the sixth. So they will avoid the playing game entirely. Now, I know what you're thinking, esteemed audience. That means if they go to six, they could play the Clippers potentially. Well, unfortunately you're a lot like me. You thought that, but don't worry, folks. We have avoided the battle of LA in the first round. Basically the way it works. If the Lakers move up to six, this, our fall, right, follow, everyone follow me here. If the Lakers move up to six, this means that the Blazers lost, which that means the Nuggets won. So the Nuggets are three. So then three, six, and they can't move up to five. So What this means is Lakers need some help to get out of the playing game, which is definitely one of the interesting storylines. I personally want the Lakers to fall in the playing game. I want LeBron – I want to see LeBron play a full, full schedule and then win a championship. Then I'll call him the greatest of all time. And maybe I will. Who knows? He definitely has the – he definitely has a little bit of gas left in the tank to do it. Also, though, if he loses in the playing games, I will then – never stop talking about how Jordan could never do such a thing
0: let's just pray that narrative doesn't come up for my my own mental state (laughs) it's probably for the
1: honestly for the entire sports world like I don't think anyone wants to see LeBron James losing the playing game just for sanity purposes because he'll never be able to any argument it's about like Jordan versus LeBron is going to be followed up by Jordan never lost a playing game did he (laughs) ever without fail
0: uh, you're not wrong. You're, you're but really not wrong.
1: Going off that, you were, we were talking earlier before the show. Honestly, in a world where the Blazers fall to seven and the Lakers get out of the playing game, which very well could happen, we'll have to you know see by tomorrow. That is an interesting scenario because, like you said, you have Steph Curry and Damian Lillard battling it out seven versus eight in basically a glorified three point shoot off to see who can shoot from the farthest point on the floor. That is an interesting game. I would imagine the Blazers would take it just because they have the guard tandem. However, though, Steph Curry is red red hot and will drop 50 without a moment's hesitation. So I honestly I'm torn because I don't think the seven, eight game will be good, but also having LeBron suffer is kind of nice. But as a sports fan, I think we could all agree seven, eight, Curry, Dame, that is a basketball fan's wet dream.
0: 100%. I mean, there, there's literally a chance that these players combine for a hundred points just on their own. I mean, that's how that's how good of two like two scores Dame and Steph are. I agree. I think if that ends up being the matchup, the Blazers would take it based off, you're right, the fact that they have McCullum as a two. Nurkic might even be the next best player in that series, too. Draymond Green, obviously on defense is elite, but offensively he's taken a step down. I think the Warriors obviously still have a chance. I, I don't think they have a real chance to beat the Lakers in a one-game series. I Obviously, Steph Curry being the one opportunity they have if he just can blow a casket again. He had 45 points today to close out Memphis and lock in that eight seed, so he's nothing to be trifled with. Nine threes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but if, if it's Portland, I think Portland would win that. You know, I really wanted the L.A. teams to end up being able to play in the first round because I, you know, I went on that rant the other week about how I think this L.A. Clippers team is overrated. But now we're getting to that point where, say, the Lakers get to six, meaning the Nuggets have won, meaning the Clippers are four. That's actually the scenario where the two L.A. teams could meet in the conference finals. The NBA doing their old sigh of relief here, I think, in that, in that case, that that opportunity is still alive but as the injuries have piled up, what are the chances you really think we're going to see that? You know, we talked about it all of last playoffs. Is is there still a good chance that that's the conference finals if, you know, the, the roadmap ends up working out that no, way? No, that's a fair point. I, I'm i a little torn because I know
1: we can never count out the Lakers. And Anthony Davis has been spectacular in his return. LeBron James does LeBron James things against the Pacers. Like, he's still... As great as ever, despite being – is he 36 or 37 now? He's getting older. 37. 37, exactly. So the interesting thing, though, is going to be if they're seven, they're going to play the Jazz or the Suns. Those – like, that's a such a rough matchup for a one or two seed, but it's also obviously a rough matchup for – the uh lakers in this case because the jazz and or sons are pretty deep the jazz i think are deeper and have more veteran experience like yeah jordan clarkson off the bench uh, i don't know if royce o'neill still starts but uh they, potentially I that i
0: think i think he starts but they brought an urson as just like this really good extra <gasps> four to have
1: they have urson yes, yeah they do. let's go
0: <laughs> the, the charge machine
1: I've never seen a man take more charges in my life than Urs, besides maybe Kyle Lowry Urson Son Ilisova, just a machine. Also looks like a caveman, though, but we'll move past that. <laughs> that is such a tough ma- – like, I'm curious. Like, I could see a world where the Lakers are seven. They win their first-round matchup against, like, the Jazz or Suns just because of how great LeBron plays. But, like, how fatigued are they going to be? Because I can't imagine them, you know, winning in four or five. It's got to be six or seven at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, so so I think there's a chance, you know, if they end up being seven, there is a chance that they can blitz Utah or Phoenix just out of other, you know, other than Chris Paul, the lack of playoff experience that those teams' rosters have. Um, but you, you're right. There's not going to be a sweep by the Lakers this year. They haven't played enough together recently. LeBron's still clearly not quite at 100%. And even if Anthony Davis has figured it out, this is a different team from last year, different team, honestly, than, than the beginning of the year when Davis was healthy. They have to be prepared to... Like you said, can can they handle themselves physically? It's the same concept that ended up killing the Clippers last year—that they couldn't play at the down the stretch of the big games. Are the Lakers going to have that struggle too? Like you mentioned, LeBron's aging—that does have his negative effects at some point. Yeah, um, but still has to be the scariest low seed
1: of all time, right? It's got to be. I mean, you could you could argue that we believe Warriors, but they—you know—they beat this great Mavericks team. Didn't do much after that. Like, this team has legitimate potential. Like, they're a they're a, they're a, fake seven seed, basically. Like, they just kind of slipped down there because the West is always so stacked. I do think it's interesting, though. I know how a lot of stars have been shifted over the past few years, like, from uh, West to East. The West is still the best conference, though. I know, like, the East has a lot of up-and-coming rising stars, but, like, the West is still competitive as ever. Like, there are... Legitimately, eight teams like that are quite quite good, and even like the nine or tens, like they're still serviceable. Like the East, once you get past, I'd say six. Well, the Heat are like the last team I would say is the heat definitely the threshold. The Heat are the threshold. Like after that, it's like yeah, okay, like yeah. The Celtics have name value, but have not looked good this year. You know, Wizards, Beal, Westbrook, kind of the same deal, but it's. The West is still so scary, which is kind of impressive, all things considered.
0: Yeah, the, the West has just found this way to maintain the, the, just the professionalism and the, the, the skill level. Like you said, the East has a lot of the rising stars and then you know, maybe they shift over at some point. Um, speaking of the East just just to uh, even it out here so we can give you both sides. The sixers have clinched the one seed. they're the number one seed. they will get you know whoever the, the eight seed ends up being. Technically two and three are still up for play between Brooklyn and Milwaukee. They both play sub 500 teams. You would expect both of them to win, meaning Brooklyn would stay at two. Milwaukee would stay at three. However, if Milwaukee wins and Brooklyn loses the bucks are the two, the nets are the three that really only matters to the heat because they're locked in at six and would play the loser uh, four or five. The Knicks are the four seed, the New York Knicks in their first playoff appearance in 13 years, are the four seed? They have home court advantage. They will get Atlanta. Actually, one of the most, I think, going to be one of the most competitive first round series because it's all defense versus all offense. Um, th- this is truly what direction is the NBA taking? Is, is defense still as important as some of those old uh, some of us, uh, you know, students of the game claim it is, or is offense really the more important trait at this point? Hawks Knicks is going to be a very tell a good tell of that,
1: and you're going to like this. I think defense is going to be the deciding factor. I yeah, really right. I really think the Knicks are going to run over the Hawks. I don't like maybe not in five games, but I could see Knicks winning in six. And I really do think the Knicks are going to win this one.
0: Yeah, I, I think the Hawks are going to get one game where they absolutely blow the brakes off the Knicks just because the Knicks also are a little bit of a newer playoff team here. But neither of these teams have a lot of playoff experience. The Hawks actually I don't think have been to the playoffs in the Trey Young area yet. So No,
1: this is their first time. This is
0: the X factor in
1: the games for the Hawks is – Bojan Bogdanovich, 100%. Oh, yeah.
0: He, I mean, he's that spark off the bench for that team. He is maybe not going to be in the sixth man of the year, but maybe should be someone we consider talking about for that award. I mean, Doesn't that he start over Herder? I think he does now. Okay. You know, they went through some roster changes at the end. <laughs> That's NBA a
1: travesty if he's not starting over Kevin Herder. Like, nothing against agree. Kevin Herder
0: either. Just lots of things against Kevin Herder on my end. But,
1: <laughs> but like, <laughs> he's serviceable though. Like, sure, he can shoot. Yeah, I wouldn't start him, but like off the bench. I, I would have him on my team. Sure. Wouldn't you? You love every every possible serviceable role player you'd love on the Heat. You talked That's about it the heat every the offseason. Of
0: players. <laughs> um, no, you're right. You're right. No, no, not too much shade to Kevin Horowitz. I, I hope in a
1: year knows. he becomes a free agent. He signs with the Heat and he's like,
0: oh, yeah, the red hair Heat. He's
1: going to be perfect for the Heat. I loved him for years. And I'm going to uh, be upset, but
0: we'll move past I, that. I, you, you can call me out on it. That. That's fine. I will say, though, I do feel bad for the Knicks and the Hawks because whoever gets that first playoff win and however long it's been, they are going to get swept by the Sixers in the second round so long as Philly is healthy. I uh, may, Maybe maybe each team could steal a game, but I don't see any more than five. I,
1: the Hawks would actually get swept. I think the yes. Knicks would take a game. It's, it's going to come. This is going to happen. I was hoping that the... So yeah, the NBA playoffs do the, you know, they that's actually bracketed. It's not like if you're the 1 seed, you play the lowest remaining seed and all that. Uh so I was actually hoping that the Knicks would play the Nets. And I thought the Knicks would be able to steal a game or two. What was going to happen though is pretty sure Julius Randle will get ejected from a game for punching like Kyrie Irving in the chest. Like that was that was my 100% prediction. We don't get it, which is disappointing. But I could see a world Honestly, that series, like Knicks-Sixers, which I think it will be the second round, there's going to be some fighting. Like, It's going to get chippy. Honestly, looking back, if Marcus Morris was in the Knicks, like, God, it would be a full-blown fight.
0: He would do everything he could to just, no matter how it had to be done, get Joel Embiid off the court.
1: See, but yeah, Embiid's smart enough where he kind of, he, like he's like a soccer player where he'll flop around a bit and won't instigate. Ben Simmons is the one who will actually like hurt you.
0: I, I don't know. I watched that Heat Sixers game and in like the first 10 minutes, Joel Embiid's already getting, tech, you know, the, he and Ariza are getting teed up. And then Haslam and Dwight Howard get into it. You know, I, I think it's a playoff mindset, but I think, you know, Joel, Joel Embiid does have to watch that because players are going to go after him. Players are going to try and get him teed up, try and get him to commit flagrant fouls. And he needs to be really, really careful because if he's not on the court, that is the only world where the Sixers aren't gonna aren't at least gonna make the conference finals. They I promise they could survive without Ben Simmons to the conference finals if they had to.
1: Yeah, Dockers has find a way. What I'm like you said though, I'm very concerned about Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Well, as the past few years have went, we'll have one game where he is phenomenal, and then two games where he's very much off. It happened a ton in the Raptors series. They lost in seven, usually in the first round. Like as much as I would like to you know, shit on the heat, like the first round in 2017 or 2018, sorry, that playoff series against the heat, you know, looked great. That's because the Sixers were just better than the heat. Yeah. Played in not so well. white side covering him. And then you had either Aaron Baines, who is still the MVP in my book or Al Horford, just decimating Joel Embiid. And then the next year it was kind of the same way with Gasol. Like Joel Embiid made Marcus all look like an elite defender for whatever reason. And that's not actually a thing. So I'm hoping this year he's had some playoff losses, some playoff experience, Mm -hmm. hopefully now with also some veteran shooters and Ben Simmons has a bit of experience too. And doc rivers, he'll kind of have a little more consistency with him and be a little bit more mentally tough, which is what I'm really hoping for. So if he does that, I think we'll be okay. It'll be probably, we'll get to the conference finals and then it'll be a bit of a sweat. So
0: we'll, we'll see what happens with that. The East runs through Philly, meaning the East runs through Joel Embiid. A city's entire heart and soul is going to be on that man's shoulders during this playoff run. So good luck, good luck to you and your team. Uh, if we meet disregard that i will destroy but, uh, you i will destroy you <laughs> well we, we will have some heated conversation the, at this point, heat, funny pun hot got me um yeah no that it would have to be a conference finals matchup at this point so you know the heat would have to beat the bucks then probably the nets and then lo and behold get to face the sixers so that'd be a fun little playoff run but uh, we'll see if he can put something together hopefully just for the sake of us getting to have that banter of of a fun sixers Heat conference finals
1: wait i don't know how hot it is in iowa and it's not really hot in pa here but like as a side note i could just really go for a snow cone right now he was eating a popsicle beforehand just so everybody is aware it was a delicious treat raspberry oh there's just impeccable chef's kiss ladies and
0: gentlemen can you believe this guy <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: that's so that's that's the rundown of the playoffs here uh, that's pretty much all that you know is is relevant to the nba outside of the hall of fame induction ceremony uh if anybody watched really awesome to see kobe bryant tim duncan kevin garnett among many other names got honored um i'm going to touch back on this when we get to superlatives but just a great class obviously nice to see greats like garnett and duncan and then to really honor kobe bryant in this way was was very special and also the next class was announced headlined by Paul Pierce, Chris Bosch, Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, some great names getting thrown in there and Paul and, Pierce. and Paul Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Correct. Uh, hopefully they can edit and adjust. But other than that, uh great night. Um, but yeah, that, that was pretty much what went down in the NBA. If you haven't seen a uh, Vanessa Bryant's speech and you want to cry a little bit, definitely, definitely, definitely listen to that out. A uh, great yeah. moment when they, they put his hall of fame jacket on their daughter.
1: I just got to say, if you saw Paul Pierce's stats, like, analogous to who he is as a person like honestly his stats are great and hall of fame worthy but paul pierce is a living breathing example of just like you can have great basketball stats but just be hated as a man to the point <laughs> where no one wants you in the hall of fame that's kind of this year but he deserves to be in it i begrudgingly say so congrats to him it's chris weber uh you, you said this earlier chris weber, weber
0: and uh, ben wallace and then Chris Bob Ben
1: Ben Wallace. Ben Wall. I hope like in his induction, they play a video of just the mouse in the palace where he was like the he punches the guy like almost in the face, but it's because the guy slipped, you missed him. Just Ben that Wallace of- is a scary man.
0: Oh yeah. The the you know, the only team that ever felt like they tried to recreate what the bad boy Pistons did was that 2003 uh, Pistons team or 2002, whichever was the year they won the championship, because they had Ben Wallace, who is basically Rick Mahorn, but better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and essentially, like, even though Michael Jordan hates the Pistons, I think Michael Jordan respected Ben Wallace, because he knew Ben Wallace would hurt someone.
0: (laughs) He really would. He really would.
1: Ben Wallace, Uh, one of the best defenders of all time. Oh, yeah. I like to, well, I, I think, when I play, I'm more of a Rodman fellow myself. When I get a block, a vicious block, sometimes I'm like, that's very Dennis – or no, I'm sorry, Ben Wallace-esque. So, great, great defender. It was weird, though. He had, like, honestly,
0: probably two years where he was excellent and then kind of just teetered off. Teetered off, some injuries. It, it happens, but, you know, like you said, one of the best defensive players the game ever saw – bring up your play style though uh actually i think you resemble chris bosh a decent amount here another one one of these guys on this list you know big guy who could dribble a little bit he could shoot great shot blocker also just chris bosh on that note like one probably you know he did great in toronto i think four-time all-star in toronto comes to miami and nobody really appreciates the sacrifices that that man made he changed his position he accepted being third fiddle when he is clearly a good enough player to be even better and then to have the success that he did obviously going to those four straight finals with the heat Shout out to Chris Bosch. I, you know, I, I wanted to give him one quick shout out. I try and try very, very hard not to just, you know, pound you guys with my heat bull crap. But uh, Chris, Chris Bosh, I just absolutely loved him. So wanted to shout him out on, on here for getting that, that induction.
1: Yeah, great locker room guy. Then finally, Chris Weber, who I don't think I have enough credit stored in my head about. Chris Weber is one of those guys just who is great in the NBA, just got obviously derailed by injuries. If you look at his stats, they're great. I just kind of forget about him in the grand scheme of things. He didn't win a championship. He was on the Kings team that without um, uh, Tim Donaghy probably would have. You know, there's a lot. You can look up the game six of that Western Conference final all you want. A lot of stuff went down. But anyway, Chris Weber had a great career, very much derailed by injuries. But another guy that I would say definitely deserves, if you actually think about what he did and the impact he had in the NBA, Probably won't go in the college Hall of Fame anytime soon. Unfortunately, did a lot of, we'll call it illegal, but at the same time, it's not because, you know, he accepted money from a booster to like eat, which I'm not here to to preach politics, but I think everyone should be
0: able to eat. That's maybe a hot take. It may be these days, but I, I think I do have to side with you on that one. Chris Weber may be the greatest 2K player of all time. If you ever you ever played, you know, 2K20 is unfortunately all I have. But, like, he he's only a 90 overall, but he's actually unstoppable. So, uh, also, one of my favorite jerseys that I have is, is the old school sick black Sixers jersey, Chris Weber. That's one of my, right, one of my yeah. absolute favorites. So, uh, you yeah. know, love to see Chris Weber in there. Like you said, the injuries derailed him a little bit, but got very, very close to making an NBA Finals with the Kings great year with them i think you know a couple years with the sixers and did, did he play for another team was it warriors He was drafted warriors, the warriors. warriors. that's what it was exactly um so yeah all four of those guys top tier basketball players again and Paul pierce uh but you know shout out to all of them we'll be talking about them next year when we get the next class of inductees as well but uh that's what we got here for the nba playoffs on the horizon playing tournament to start tomorrow or the 18th i think actually and then we'll conclude on the twenty second or twenty-first and the next day at the playoff start. We're real close to playoff basketball. That's what I'm trying to trying to you know say here. To you guys. I think so, it uh, starts the twenty fifth. It would start the Tuesday, right? Yeah, I think, I think I think the start date is the twenty second. I think that's what I saw somewhere. Oh, so I'm, I'm trying to get heat, you know, heat bucks tickets if, it, if I'm capable of going. So,
1: <laughs> oh, gym this. class all stars IRL. Everyone comes to see Ravi, and harass him about his heat are losing by 30 at halftime.
0: That's what everybody said last year. So, I was gonna take it and strap it was a bubble. <laughs> Heating five, baby. Heating 5 I, I, All right. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 once this play, once this bracket
1: is all decided, I'm gonna have to make a bet with you. I'm, I'm gonna have That's to. That's fair. That's fair. Let's let everything get finalized and we'll, we'll,
0: we'll get, we'll there. chalk something up. All right. Let's move on here a little bit more in the news. We're going to get to hop over to the MLB. Nothing major. Uh, The biggest thing being our Pujols was way, he was was actually designated for assignment by the angels before getting waived. And then now signs with the, you know, NL favorite LA Dodgers. Dodgers. If we've been talking about the last few weeks, dealing with some injury issues, Pujols doesn't add a whole lot of you know utility, but he can play first base and in games where they need a DH, he'll, you know he can fill in there. While players like Bellinger and Seager are trying to come back, Seager about to hit the IL, no surgery, but hmm. going to be out for a little while. They said so. Pujols being brought in, veteran leader, obviously now at this point in his career, just trying to chase rings. Doesn't really do anything though for the Dodgers. I mean, the man, man hasn't bat. 200 what seems like 5 years. No, it's, this is like the Nets signing like
1: LaMarcus uh, Aldridge. Like it's it's kind of nice this name recognition. Like it's not b- a bad signing by any means, but it's great for them cuz they signed him for I think whatever the vet minimum is, it's like it's a 845k I think. And the Angels are then paying his 30 million dollar salary. So, our pools gets nearly 31 million and the Dodgers pay him less than a mil. He could potentially get a ring. I mean, they're the favorite right now, but oh, have to move. Yeah. Oh, you, boom! <laughs> Beautiful. You're thinking logistically too. We'd love to see that.
0: Oh yeah, no, he's he's just hopping over to the other old. The other, they even share a stadium, don't they, or do they have separate stadiums? They
1: have separate stadiums. If ah, I, all right. if, if my a limited bit. basketball knowledge or sorry, baseball knowledge serves me correct, I believe they have different stadiums, and I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Speaking of angels, though, actually. Shohei Otani hit a walk-off home run against the Boston Red Sox.
0: Love that.
1: And while it's not really news, there's not much to it, I think we got to talk about just Otani in general. I love pitchers who can hit big fans. The Joe Blantons, the Jamie Moyers, the Bartolo Colones. And they're only hitting like a home run every once in a while. And then you got some guy like Otani who's throwing like 80 90 pitches in a game then playing right field and batting is still useful. Like that to me is awesome. He's killing
0: it here. No, he 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 belongs in the MLB. He is absolutely It's crazy to call someone who pitches and and bats just a utility person, but you know, he is maybe the most useful utility player you have. Like you said, you can throw him in 7 8 innings, maybe most play finish the game in the outfield, hit you hit your game-winning bomb. You know, I don't know if those are same game, but like man, that's impressive. This dude he doesn't play the outfield much. Usually when he bats, he's the DH, but still that, you know, you don't see that really. You, you see someone like you mentioned, Joe Blanton. He was, he wasn't like a hitter though. It was like a, he was just a pitcher who could hit the ball. Far. He had a very but famous
1: like, home run when we needed him to. Or is yes. yes.
0: I'm not trying to slander Joe Blanton here. Joe no, Blanton's I know. a, a we'll national never slander hero. Joe
1: Blanton. But,
0: but Sohei Otani is just this crazy hybrid that we've never seen. He, he bats, he pitches, and he does them both at a very high level. Man, the Angels struggle, you know, with Otani with with Rendon with Trout, they still haven't quite mounted much success. But you can tell that they have some of the right pieces. When you have a guy like Otani who's performing the way that he does, I, this man, this guy's gonna be something special down the line if he can stay healthy. Yep. Yeah, and unfortunately, despite all this, the angels
1: are in fourth in the division, 17-22. But There's a lot of, I think if you're an Angels fan, I know of one Angel fan in my life. I think there's a lot of excitement with like Trout, Otani, uh, you got Rendon, but they they, they just kind of suck
0: who else D- david fletcher the dude that's 250 and, um, who's that <laughs> exactly exactly he's, he's nobody i don't know anybody i literally that's the only other angel i know and i just dropped his ass for my fantasy team it's just there's there's nothing they- we'd also
1: as well you yeah, have everyone's attention we'd like to make a psa if you for some reason play fantasy baseball and hate your life like robbie does yep don't draft any mets robbie was complaining oh. how he lost today because uh marcus stroman gave up some runs if i'm not mistaken
0: yeah, no. So, so I was, I, I, my team's not great this year. I think I'm one, three and one. Um I was playing the best team in the league. Coincidentally, somebody I might move in with soon. Um, And he, last day he has like four pitchers going. I have two. I'm like, great. I see if both my guys get quality starts, I'll hold out. The very least we'll tie Uh tech Rangers pitcher, Kyle Gibson. He holds out. He gets his eighth quality start in a row. So I don't know if any of those have translated into wins to be completely honest, but he's, he's quality. Marcus Stroman, Marcus Stroman. He's been so good for me all year. ERA under two, not a high strikeout guy, but he's been killing it for the Mets recently. Five runs. If he had given up two less, just two less, he would have gotten me a quality start and I would have been fine. That coupled with the fact that everybody was like, oh my God, Francisco Lindor is back and yet again goes 0 for 4, back to batting under 200. I did it to myself because, you know, if you've listened to this podcast since the beginning, you know how much I hate the Mets. And then I was like, hey, let's do something stupid, like rely on the Mets. So, so thank you, you for that, Psyche. That, that That's
1: like a classic sports fan thing where you're like, also same thing for betting. If I bet on the teams I hate, like the Cowboys or the Mets or the Heat, and they win, I get money. <laughs> but if they lose, I just, you know, maybe my team wins or like I, my hatred for them outspans the money I spent. So it's a classic classic ethical conundrum, Robbie. But also, yeah, that that must kind of suck cuz uh fantasy baseball is also kind of uh honestly, it's like torture. From the one year I played in it and won the league and it's, it was kind of torture. And despite that
0: <laughs> No, it it's bad. It's it's zero fun at this point, especially when your team sucks. It's just zero fun.
1: Oh boy. Anything else for baseball?
0: I guess one last thing: the uh, the Oakland Athletics have now officially opened up the potential to relocate. Um, That's right. They, they're trying to get a new stadium deal, city doesn't want to give it to them. So I said, "All right, we're gonna go take a look at some other cities." Uh, so Oakland hasn't had much success recently. I think their most successful endeavor was re- the, the Moneyball movie that came out. Um, Great movie, by the way. Fantastic movie. But uh, so they're looking to relocate. If you had to pick a city for a new baseball team, where you, where would you want to go? <clears throat>
1: I got asked this one time and like without a moment's hesitation, I said Al- Albuquerque, New Mexico. They're like, why? <laughs> and I'm like, it's just the first name I thought of. I think they're gonna end up in Vegas if they move. Like, I think I they're agree. gonna follow the Raiders. But yeah, no, I remember in 2018, like early 2018, I went to a Warriors game. And I saw like the basically they take the BART, so that's their their monorail system, their train, whatever. And I got to the stadium. You walk across this massive tunnel and it puts you out right in front of the old Oracle Stadium, the Warriors Old Stadium. You as you're walking, you saw the Oakland Athletics Stadium, you saw the Raiders Old Stadium too. It doesn't look good. Like it's actually kind of sad how kind of it doesn't look modern. It looks very old school and not very well kept. So from my perspective, like Oakland fans are very diehard and care about their sports team, which is awesome. But it sounds like the city of Oakland just does not give a shit, which is unfortunate because they are passionate. They love they love the Raiders. They want them back so bad and finally got them. And then they moved to Las Vegas. Speaking of that, though, we're going to segue out of the baseball. I want to talk about two things. Mm-hmm. One, the did you see the Raiders renovation stuff for their stadium? I, I have not. All right, Ravi, you bet you're ready. So you know how, you know, you know, boxes like stadium boxes that we'll never yeah. be able to afford. Cause we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not rolling in dough yet. We'll get there. No, there yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. But so imagine those boxes, like they're up toward the top, you know, they're nice. Well, kept. they have food. Now throw every thought you have about it out the window. All right. All gone. Perfect. Now, imagine them as, like, <laughs> I know we haven't been to any very expensive, famous clubs, but imagine, like, a VIP section in a club, an open-air, like, bottle service DJ area. This is what the Las Vegas Raiders are doing. their are and they're adding a bunch in the back of the end zone, like, behind the end zone, <laughs> where you could sit there's bottle service there's music and it's just like this is a nightclub 100% a nightclub
0: vegas is just like yo y'all just want to go to a football game or you want to party while there's a football game that's kind of happening in the background
1: bro do you want to black out as the raiders are losing in the third let's go dude if
0: they get aaron Rodgers,
1: dude people are it's going to be a sight to see aaron Rodgers in las vegas if he does end up there i don't think he will but oof that would be something like Aaron Rodgers at like a club wearing a Canadian tuxedo and everyone's just crowding around. him. He's just uncomfortable. Cause he's like, <laughs> go away. Like shoe. The other thing, and we didn't talk about this last week. I forgot about it. Cause I'm a fool. Timothy Tebow is back in our world. I'm sure everyone's he heard is. about it. Tim Tebow is signing with the Jaguars as a tight end. Now, do we know who the hard knocks team is this year? Uh you know hard knocks like the okay so hard knocks for anyone who doesn't know is an hbo show basically they go to a training camp it's this idea it's over a few weeks they just kind of record it they have some people they are very interested in like if they get a contract or not so it's like who makes the cut after training camp sure. and they usually do it with some of like the bad teams like um i know one of the users the rams kind of after they got golf mm-hmm. uh the one that uses the browns there's a very famous uh one where the coach is like set up and his like belly's moving and all that. you probably seen that video, but didn't realize it. I don't know if the Jaguars are going to be the hard knocks team this year, but this would make sense because they'd obviously follow Tim Tebow around with a camera. Oh, yeah. And it's, to me, seems like a publicity stunt. I mean, Tim mm-hmm. Tebow is big enough where he could be a blocking tight end, maybe the best blocking tight end of all time. Who knows? Because he's, he's just kind of built like that. But I can't imagine Tim Tebow actually being useful in terms of catching, but who knows?
0: I, I think this is, I don't remember what year it was, but exactly what the Eagles did one year. They're bringing in Tim Tebow to distract everybody from everything else going on in the organization so they can work with impunity, and then they will cut Tim Tebow two weeks before the season starts. I am fully convinced that that's what this is.
1: Yeah, and going off that, there are a lot of players speaking out about the signing because obviously there's the Kaepernick, stuff that has gone on for this long. Uh you know, I don't know. See, my thing is maybe Colin Kaepernick could be a tight end.
0: (laughs) Honestly, if it's gonna get him a spot in the NFL, give it a shot, man. But
1: yeah, I think at this point though, Kaepernick is holding out for a starting spot, which you know, hey, power to him, honestly.
0: Yes, I think Colin Kaepernick has actually accepted that his playing career is done, though. As, I, I I would as agree. Sad as sad as it is and unfortunate, because he is better than many quarterbacks we have in our league, I think he just has accepted that he is more of a public figure now than a football player. Um, so I don't, you know, I assume he doesn't even really have any comments on this Tim Tebow thing because it really doesn't have anything to do with Colin Kaepernick. It just sparked this debate of like if someone like Tim Tebow, who has never Played a rep at tight end, never, never really been told to have to catch a football. Can get a contract. Why can't somebody who is fifty times better than Sam Darnold be a starting quarterback somewhere? You know, it it, it brings that. Agreed. But that's what we love. That's what we have sports for, guys. We, we, you know, got to talk about all the fun stuff. You know, Calvin Benjamin's about to be a tight end. Everybody can play tight end these days. You know, (laughs) if there's
1: if there's one person I didn't want to see back in the NFL, it was Calvin Benjamin.
0: (laughs) Well, you'll be seeing him twice a year for here at least one more year. (laughs) <laughs> Look,
1: nothing against Calvin Benjamin, but also, like, he's kind of a – he was the one that was the whole thing with Cam Newton, right? And he went to Buffalo. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't slandering Calvin Benjamin for whatever reason. Yeah, an, right. yeah, he slandered our boy Cam New- Cameron Newton, and we don't accept Cam Newton slander unless it's from us.
0: Or that one kid in the video.
1: that okay actually though if you haven't seen that Cam Newton did a camp out of the joy of his heart it's like a, a coaching camp for football and this kid just absolutely started ripping into Cam Newton for whatever reason that kid has apologized and like that's been beaten to death but like here's a thought to everyone for if you're ever in front of a professional athlete do not slander
0: them because there's a reason they're in the professional sports league no matter what it is the worst professional athletes ever your your scalabrinis your your whoever's they're better than you by a million percent absolutely not close no matter how much of a meme you think they are they will kick your ass both like literally and scalabrinis all of them oh my lord all right we don't talk about hockey much here We're not going to talk much about hockey here, but we are going to mention it as the playoffs have begun. Only two games have concluded so far, at least to when I was doing my notes earlier today. Yesterday, which was also odd side note, there was both a playoff game and a regular season game played in hockey yesterday. Just a fun fact. I assume just a COVID makeup game for two teams not in the playoffs. Uh, But the playoff game, Washington beat beat Boston, which we're obviously very happy about as we hate all Boston fans equally and sports Mm -hmm. equally. Um, beat them 3-2 that's a two seed beating a three seed um, the NFL, NHL playoffs are you know they're kind of odd seeding it's essentially four brackets of great of teams ranked one through four and then they just you know it condenses like a normal playoff bracket but that's how it works um, so Washington beat Boston as a 2-3 in the same quadrant the four-seeded Islanders upset the one-seeded Penguins four to three to take a one game to none lead um, so the winner of those two series would play each other for then a spot in the conference finals. Um, but that, that's the, pretty much the update we have on hockey here. The I'll give you one more obviously though. being Oh, one more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's one just today. The wild beat the Vegas golden Knights, one, nothing in overtime. So mm. wild take a one, nothing lead, kind of a shocker just because the golden Knights have been pretty consistent since they're, since they became an expansion team a few years ago. So a little surprising, but you know, Unfortunately, we haven't really followed hockey much with COVID, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh the Lightning and Panthers are playing right now, still zero zero. And then we'll have the next set of games after that.
0: Yeah. No, but yeah. Uh we'll see if teams like Pittsburgh and Boston are gonna turn it around or if it's gonna be the same. You know, the, the Pittsburgh number one overall seed in in their half of the, the bracket. That's that's a tough loss, game one, especially because it's a New York team. You know, they're gonna they're gonna take that energy, they're gonna ride it, but We'll see if Pittsburgh's able to bounce back. Same with Boston. Same with who want you say one the the wild, so see wild if, yeah, if one. So wild, yeah. Vegas. One, yeah. See if Vegas can bounce back. We'll keep you posted at the very least on the you know how the playoffs progress and if any major stuff happens, we got you. And of course, we'll let you know when somebody's crowned Stanley Cup champion. All right. If I'm not mistaken, that is all we have for the news today. Like I said, a little shorter, so we went a little more in depth with some of the basketball. All right. We have a really really fun second segment here. I'm um, excited. Alex, I'll let you, take it away here as you
1: introduce what we're going to do today. Do we give credit to anyone for the segment or do I just rip it? No, we'll do it. will just die. rip it. Ah, uh, no, do it.
0: You can do however you want. We can edit this.
1: So, <laughs> basically, this next segment is called The Real Deal. So, we decided today with the low points in sports, you know, playoffs are getting ready to be geared up, but NFL offseason, MLB is kind of in that middle ground where nothing really happens. We decided we're going to talk – about the fine arts we're talking about cinema specifically sports
0: of course
1: hold on i was gonna get there robbie don't spoil it i'm sorry (laughs) it's okay over no we're good (laughs) robbie said it though we're gonna talk about a tv show that i had the pleasure of watching uh this past week robbie's already seen it but it is a sports tv show uh, it's called Ted Lasso. To anyone listening, no, we're not sponsored by Apple TV. I wish we were. That's great. If anyone at Apple is listening to this, we would love a sponsorship, and I will gladly say how much I love shows like Jason Mythic Sudeikis.
0: You better be listening right now,
1: Jason Sudeikis. Please send me a signed copy of Photo. I love you as an <laughs> actor. Anyway, though, so Ted Lasso, it is on Apple TV. The first season, I think, finished up back in July of last year or June. It's been out for a little while. Uh, and the second season is coming out July 23rd, 2021. So I decided, you know, in the midst of finishing up, you know, college, I'm pretty bored. I decided I'm going to watch a TV show. And Robbie gave me a good suggestion. He's like, watch Ted Lasso. It's a great show. I'm like, okay. So to anyone listening, Ted Lasso, the general gist is Ted Lasso is a coach at Wichita state. He takes their football team, which I don't think they have a football team, do they?
0: No, I think that was the point.
1: That was, yeah. (laughs) They took it from nothing to something. He's kind of the sensation. And they hire him as a football, you know, soccer coach for AFC Richmond, which is a fictional team in London. Or, sorry, in England. I don't know if it's from... They definitely say, but I forget. We'll get to the rant about English culture. Because that's (laughs) basically... The show is an entire, like, joke at English culture. It's hilarious. The idea is this guy who has never done anything He knows nothing about soccer he has to coach afc richmond which is facing relegation in their league and first of all hilarious show the show if you like to make fun of english culture like tea crumpets biscuit ted lasso is this midwestern guy from kansas who like comes over and knows nothing about english culture and is just dying of laughter about first of all he drinks tea and like spits it out and he's like what is this like it's tea i'm like that just tastes like bath water (laughs) has (laughs) all these nice little like sayings like just it's very down to earth very funny um so what would be some of your like good favorite comedy moments in the show we'll talk we'll touch on a few won't spoil the entire Just to the series for you we'll start with just comedy first
0: though yeah yeah so so first to our listeners uh for anyone who knows the show scrubs it's written by the same guy bill lawrence uh obviously other people were in on this one too but so that kind of humor uh that kind of writing uh one of my biggest things is that i love the side characters in both of those shows so i think that's something that these guys are really good at my absolute favorite joke in the entire show so i don't want to spoil too much but there is a point where ted lasso is going to get divorced and he it's an opening scene to an episode and he's talking to his two assistant coaches and he's just like hey guys like what, what if we just kind of called each other like sweetie like pet names like what, what if we what, what if we do that like to you know really really motivate ourselves and they're just kind of looking at him like yeah sure man whatever and he's like all right see you sweetie and he heads out and then you know the the less experienced coach looks at the, the you know his the ted lasso's best friend he goes is he okay beard just goes no. No. <laughs> no. Just <laughs> like of course not. It just, you know, it's it's moments like those, and it's just like the no shit kind of humor. It's fantastic. Um, what do what do you have for it for a top comedy moment here? So in the
1: last episode, so this is the entire thing. This this is a running gag in the entire series. But basically, there's a scenario where if they tie, they could still like, you know, they'll be okay in their league. And in the locker room, Ted's like, no, we don't play for ties. <laughs> it was something like if Jesus didn't, if Jesus wanted ties, you would invented invented some, so, something like that. But then as the game's progressing, they find out that this very weird scenario occurs. So they could actually tie and make it into their league. And Ted is like, wait, we can tie. And he's like, we can tie guys. Go, 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 go. And they're just screaming. And God, it's just, it's so that. And then the there's an episode where there's like a curse in their little like locker room and the one guy like walks over and he's like basically they had to sacrifice something that meant a lot to them and some of these guys have like really meaningful things that they sacrifice and the guy's like i love my lamborghini and just tosses his keys in the fire and they're like how are you gonna get home he's like doesn't matter <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> Just...
0: matter. yes oh my god another one that uh, you know sports fans are always going to be appreciative of so I had a friend who from work who introduced me to this show and you know, I, I got to explain the full length of this joke to her which was my favorite part um there's a scene where there's so there's this player that you know he gets benched and he gets mad about it so he doesn't want to go to practice and Ted Lasso straight up almost word by word verbatim quotes the Allen Iverson practice rant back at this yes. guy like we, we talk about practice, like, not a game, not a game, we talk about practice, and, like, I was losing my mind, so I text my friend who introduced me to this show, I was like, like, this is my favorite part of the entire show, and she's like, I have no, like, like, why, and then I explained the whole thing to her, she was like, oh my god, Robbie, you just keep adding layers, and I was like, yeah, dude, this show is so well written, oh my god, the, the comedy, like, the all the like real moments in the show are all like beyond spectacular, but the comedy is just like something else. It's the subtleties in it, the, the repetitive, like in a the good type of repetitive in the, in the jokes that they use. Oh my Lord. Like, God, I just, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this right now. That's really what I want to get to.
1: Yeah. The other one was when he's first being introduced to soccer and they're talking about ties and they're talking about playoffs. He's like ties and no playoffs. Why do you even do this? Which I think is a fair point. And then the other one was there's a game where they got an offsides call. He's like, I think I literally have a better understanding of who killed Kennedy than what is an offsides. There's
0: just a pause. And then he goes, it was the mob. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> spectacular <laughs> stuff. And then of course, there's all the ripping into like, like British English culture. <laughs> like, the, the, he, he's had his first interview in the first episode and he's just trying to, like, he's getting a little overwhelmed. He's trying to take a sip of water. And he just spits it all back out. He just looks at the bottle. He looks at them. He's like, y'all got bubbles in here. <laughs> <laughs> so that about concludes our rendition
1: of the comedy. Definitely watch it. Cause there are a lot of great jokes.
0: It's also going to be a little funnier than our deliveries here.
1: <laughs> yeah. When I first, yeah. When I first was told about it, I thought it'd be very over the top comedy, like make fun of British culture, all of that, like, you know, football, football, but actually, as you go through the series, you, you, you start for the comedy, but you actually become attached to, like, the story. There's a lot of this aspect of, you know, Ted knows nothing about soccer. Absolutely nothing, which as sports fans, a lot of us unfortunately don't, unless you've played soccer or really follow something like the Premier League or the Champions League, whatever. But as you go through the show, this Ted is a coach that really tries to – strengthen the team and really make sure there's a bond both you know in the locker room and outside of it you want them to be better people which is something without sports I would not be as half half as good of a leader and have as good a person as I am because sports teaches you a lot about working with people from different backgrounds it's a very diverse thing everyone come together to play a sports and this idea of being able to lead people to lead by example and to you know help out others when needed. And it goes from Ted knowing nothing about it to like everyone's against him. They call him a wanker for like the first six episodes. But finally, you know, you find out he's just a down-to-earth guy and you really have to – you start to connect them. You want this guy to win no matter how much of a long shot it seems like because he's really just a sincere person. And over time, he slowly gets everyone to kind of, you know, turn his way and, you know, becomes – a figurehead like for the club, and everyone wants him to be the coach, which is really okay. nice.
0: Ted Lasso really embodies like the ideal coach, the ideal teacher, essentially. Like I forget the line exactly, but there's this this theme in the in the show for him that he doesn't care about winning and losing. He cares about making sure that his players are the best version of themselves they can be, the best the best teammates they can be, the you know, giving all that they can for the cause of the team's success. So obviously he does care about winning and losing, but he cares much more about the people that he's impacting. And that, you know, that, that just shows up again and again in his character. He's this, you know, this guy who likes to make quips and jokes, make fun of stuff. But when it comes down to it, he's there to make these, these guys better. And it's a, it's a reluctant group of people, but that, that's kind of the charm of the character is that he just, he doesn't care if you're not going to buy in right away. He's willing to put in the time, put in the effort, and make sure that you get better whether you like it or not.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of great moments in there where he genuinely tries to help out others. Like, he tries to connect with like the owner of the team, her name's Rebecca, and you, you can definitely, if you watch the show, she's much more of a prominent figure than we're making her out to be. There's like the equipment manager Nathan, who's kind Love of Nathan. everyone loves Nathan. He starts off kind of being bullied, and Ted really takes him under his wing. He generally wants to hear what Nathan has because Nathan's seen a lot more soccer than he has and you know gradually grows and Nathan becomes a little more confident who he is it's honestly one of those things where to me and this is more of a retrospective of like college I watched myself going in as an 18 year old super unconfident who I was and I came out of it a lot more confident a lot more knowledgeable about it and that's sort of the vibe I got with like you know I had people around me to sort of help me out and you know be pick me up when i need to be and that's sort of what ted does for nathan throughout the entirety of the show who you'll definitely get a chance to see but really sincere really great guy and please watch the show you know start for the comedy i'm i promise you the first episode will make you laugh without question you'll but stay for that. the entire storyline because it's very well written there's a lot of moving parts you know ted maybe this very laughable funny guy who's really just trying to make people happy but there's layers to him. There's, you know, like Robbie mentioned, there's a little bit of the side stuff with like, maybe we'll get divorced or whatnot. And there's a lot to it in terms of his personal life, kind of creeping in and how he can handle it. So that's about our gist and summary of the show. We wanted to pick out. So a major character that we like a main character that we really liked and a minor character we really liked. So do you want to go first the a main main character?
0: Yeah, so I get so is, is the main main character we're talking about like, not not just like shows up in every episode, but is like really who the show is focused on. Yeah, Ted.
1: Las- yeah. Okay, first and foremost, Ted Lasso. I can guarantee you is both our favorite characters because we love him so yes. much. Yes, we're we're going to so exclude Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso in this case because he's like the number one. Yeah, he'll he'll be your favorite too. I promise. But like, there's a few main characters. I would s- yeah.
0: So someone who's like kind of prominence has a few storylines. Man, they're all so good. I like, like I said, like the the cha- all the characters in this are just written so well. It's really hard to pick. Ah, man, my friend that introduced me to the show said Roy, and I always think about that. And I was like, wow, that's a really, really good answer. Roy, Roy's like the team captain. I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm totally blanking on her name. The the girlfriend of the one character, Keely. Like Keely, Keely is my my favorite main character. She is just like this kind of bright spot and like a otherwise pessimistic clubhouse essentially like one of the main themes is that the owner is trying to make the team lose the girl the guy that this girl is dating is just like this conceited asshole who's incredible at soccer but it, it just an awful awful person um and she really does just make both of these people better and obviously ted lasso is doing it too he that's the whole point of his character but i think ted lasso brings it out of keely too and that Keeley starts to realize that she can impact people the way that ted can and at least a sense she she really becomes friends with the owner of the team she really tries to get um this this you know douche of a player to at least see the fact that he you know that his actions are affecting other people more than just himself um and it's it's really well done because it, it feels so natural feels so real that like she she tries she puts in the effort when it doesn't work she knows when to stop she knows when she has to push a little bit harder push some buttons and it's you know in my opinion, probably probably the best written character in the show other than Ted Lasso.
1: Yeah, and going off that, my favorite major character, you know, Nathan would be the second in this case because I really do nice. like Nathan's arc, but Roy Kent, so the one Robbie was talking about, sort of the team captain, the team, the he's the, he's the veteran, the, that locker room guy holds it all together, sort of this guy who's had success previously in the Premier League, he is... Past his prime, though, unfortunately. And he, when you introduce him, he's just this angry British guy with an unbelievable amount of chest hair. You got to be honest, it's, it, there's a lot. <laughs> he's a bear, he's a bear, but um, he sort of slowly warms up. You, it, he is like an onion, where when he first starts out, he's like, get cheeky, and just coming after people's young expletives that I probably can't repeat because you know. We're we curse in the show, but he 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 does it a lot. It's very pg
0: 13. He might be rated R,
1: yeah. He he goes, goes at it, but um, as the story progresses, you sort of find out more about him, you uncover it, and it's really good to see like his arc. I absolutely love, and you really love his character at the end of it. Even you slowly like his character more and more, but as you kind of see him express himself, it's it's nice to see
0: you know when we get to our favorite moment in a little bit here at the end oh i got a great moment for you sorry i said to... <laughs> all right and then minor character yeah so this isn't even a question for me it's coach beard um, okay coach beard some might say he's a main character just cuz like his role is not just ted's assistant coach but his best friend um but he really is more of a side character in this show but he is so fucking funny you know I, I start with that joke where he's just like no he's not okay there, there's a scene where he's on a date with a girl and they you know the whole thing is they met playing chess and they're literally just like talking to each other playing a game of chess with no board no pieces i i lost i, I was on the ground when that happened I, yes there's this line at the end when the girl like doesn't fall for him and ted's just like "Ah, you put the game before the Dane again <laughs> I just, I love Beard. He is, you know, the ideal best friend that you could ever have. Always tells you when you're being stupid, but is also always there to support you when you need him. Like, just, uh, I love Coach Beard. I, I, unfortunately, my beard isn't quite as nice as his, but uh, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. All right. I just, for whatever reason, when this
1: character is introduced, I fell in love with him. Danny Rojas, the Spanish ace, as he's called the by Ted Lasso. Body. Danny Rojas, basically the team's like kind of falling apart and they finally get this guy, Danny Rojas back off injury. And he comes in and he's like this full of energy, like completely opposite of what the entire team was. And he's like, hi coach football is life. And just jumping around. He's incredibly good and just full of just optimism period. And I just love his spirit. And he's like, kind of like messing around. He's a little bit, kind of like ted where he doesn't understand the full extent of the like the english culture and sort of understands what ted says but uh football is life and he's just so happy to be playing soccer and then like immediately as he's like kind of destroying the entire team he immediately gets injured because he's practicing too much Which i just thought was funny
0: I, I that's a great one i didn't even really think of danny but that yeah football donnie, is life,
1: donnie that's... ross Don, he's
0: Fish. just chanting his own name as he <laughs> runs out of the tunnel like just that's how happy is like childlike <laughs> No, not not to confuse you. This is not the self self obsessed character. That's, that's someone completely different. No, surprisingly, this is not. This one's very much more down to earth. But oh, yeah, Danny
1: Rojas is a great character. There's a ton of other ones that we didn't get to. But we'll I, I'm you. telling you, the
0: side characters are the best part of this show. It's just, you know I say that about Scrubs, and I, like because you know I mentioned that they were written by the same people. Scrubs has my favorite set of side characters ever for any TV show, and Ted Lasso is a very close second.
1: Yeah, I think a the drunks at the bar or the pub those three guys who just every time they love afc richmond but every time they see ted they call him an effing wanker and uh ted's like hey guys nice to see you and calls him by their name and the one guy's like hey ted like kind of like starstruck
0: I, I forgot to mention this during the, the joke section but my, my favorite actual favorite joke in the whole show is when his son comes to visit he goes daddy what's a wanker and he, ted just goes it's a man who likes to spend a lot of time with his thoughts
1: yeah in front of the entire stadium all right and then we'll do favorite moments all right
0: so my favorite moment this like this is i'm I'm gonna try and paint the full picture here so roy like you said he's kind of begrudging at first to buy into the lasso effect this idea that you, you need to believe in yourself believe in your teammates all this stuff but as the show slowly goes on roy you can see he's slowly and slowly starting to to buy into what Ted Lasso has to offer one of the very first things Ted Lasso does when he gets to AFC Richmond's clubhouse is he puts a sign above his office that says, believe he's very clear. I believe in belief. I believe in the idea that if you believe in yourself, you can accomplish anything. And Roy is that character that you can tell is the one that really does not buy into that at the beginning. He, he's, you know, like you said, old kind of past his prime star player, he doesn't really have anything to believe in at this point, but as the show progresses, Roy gets humbled. Roy understands his role a little bit better. He really does. Like I say, start to buy into what Ted was, was preaching. And so there's this, I think it's the second to last episode. And I love when shows do this. So I, you know, when the credits roll, you kind of realize the show's over. It goes to black with just the credits going, but there's this one episode where the credits start rolling, but you still see just the team hanging out in the clubhouse. They're slowly one by one moving out to go onto the field for their for their scrimmage. But Roy's still just sitting around. Roy hasn't left yet. And I'm just like, why are the credits still rolling? Why is this happening? And when the credits stop, Roy gets up for the first time. The first player all show to do it taps the believe sign. And then walks out onto the field. That is by far my favorite moment in the entire show. I
1: think mine would have to be. I will. There's like one of the first. I think it's either the first or second episode. They have this defenseman who's named Sam. He's from Africa. I forget what country off the top of my head, but he's been over there. He was very highly touted, very young, and he's just having a hard time adjusting. And they're playing on, you know, they're practicing on the pitch, of course, because, you know, we know English soccer terms now. And Sam messes up and, Sam's like oh you know, like all all down himself as as anyone who's competitive has always been. And Roy um sorry, Ted calls him over and goes, Sam, like you good? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, coach, I shouldn't have made that error. And Ted looks him in the eye and goes, You know, Sam, I want you to be a goldfish. Or no, he asked, no, I'm I blew the punchline. He goes, Ted, or he goes, Sam do you know what animal has the shortest memory? And he goes, I don't know, coach. He goes, it's a goldfish. I want you to be like a goldfish. And that idea of having a short memory and like, you know, it comes back into play later on. I won't spoil what happens, but that idea and that sort of, you know, forgetting about it, moving on, having that short memory is something that's so important for athletes that we kind of, forget abouts and you know that was one of those like nice teaching moments where it was like hey it's all good just you know keep that, doing the best
0: that's beautiful and I don't want to make this all about me but I want to dire- relate this directly to a moment in sports for me when you have to just have a short memory and be able to turn around and make the next shot There's was a game we played our senior year I think it was our third game um I had been struggling from the field I think I made like two shots that day and man did I miss a point blank layup point blank at the end of the game um lo and behold the next shot i took was from three quarters court and it went in and we tied the game as the buzzer sounded it's really this idea that like even even if you miss a shot that you've made a thousand times even if you whiff on a ball that you know you should have hit you just got to turn around and you got to try again and you can't think too hard about it because the next play is what matters now the play the last play doesn't matter at all so if you have the chance, I would
1: highly recommend getting a 30 day free subscription to Apple TV. I would wait till July. Cause the second season of Ted Lasso will come out and that. you can binge it. The first 10 episodes are out now and they're definitely worth a watch. Don't get me wrong, but definitely watch it. It's hot. like, even if you have to pay, like if you used your free trial, it's worth it paying five bucks to watch it. I would do it in a heartbeat and I probably will. Cause I think mine will run out, but you gotta do, you gotta do. I, I absolutely, but definitely one of the best shows I've seen in a little while. And it's not even close to done. They have the second season coming out. They have slated for a third season already. Oh, like yes. they already signed it in. So we'll at least get another season of
0: Ted and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Huge fans. Like we said, definitely give it a watch. Season two trailer is out. You want to give it a look, get a little hype for it again. We, we, these last 15, 20 minutes, we we've been preaching it. So I don't, you don't need to hear anymore, but uh, Ted Lasso, everybody give it a watch. And as always, we are going to end the show here with our regular five superlatives. We will start with the MVP, Alex, who was the best player or team for you this past week?
1: I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit zany. I'm going to say J Cole. Ooh. All right. And not because of his play. He played today in his uh, – sorry, his league. He had, like, three points, like, a few rebounds, whatnot. So he had a nice put back in, like, 18 minutes. So, not, not too shabby. Played reasonably well in his debut. But also for his album that dropped, it's quite good. Not going to lie. So, I'll give you the MVP, You both on and off the courts. Definitely definitely check that out if you like rap. Uh, Jay Cole, to me, is one of those rappers – I sound so white saying this and I hate it, but it's just like, I, I enjoy his music. I think it's very well crafted. And this one has features on it. That was a big staple of J Cole. Never had features on his album. This one does. There's this, let me find the one song I have that I really enjoy. Yeah. God, John Morant,
0: a nice shout out.
1: That, that is that song. It's called, um, nice. uh, it's, it's off. It's called the album's called the off season. There's a song called um, my life with 21 Savage and Moray. That song has the John Moran. He's like, I'm uh, it's like something grizzly. Call me John Moran or something like that. Gr- great album, definitely listen to it. It's, all right, I'm gonna stop talking because that was your MVP.
0: <laughs> no, 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 you're good. We, we respect all MVPs on and off the court here. <laughs> um, I'm a little begrudging in my MVP this week because I hate giving it to New York sports uh players, but Aaron Judge cannot be overlooked for what he's done this past week. He was on an ice ice cold streak heading into the last six, seven games. But in his last it's six games, because he missed one game this week, Um, eight runs, five home runs, six RBIs and a 571 batting average. That includes today. He is red hot for this Yankees team, who their bottom half of their order struggles. So a lot of their runs really come from one through four, one through five. And he has been delivering this past week for the red hot Yankees um again i don't love shouting them out but aaron judge i mean you're an absolute tank i mean six or excuse me yeah five home runs in six games i think it's four in the last three days he's going nuts got got to give that man a shout out so uh hats off to aaron judge and for the sake of one of my fantasy teams please continue to do this but i do not believe a 571 average is uh, you know sustainable but we're not All right. I'm going to move on to the most disappointing team of the year, or team of the year, maybe, uh, team of the week at the very least. Uh, for me, I said I was going to rip into them earlier, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the idea that they traded for what I'm going to say is a quote-unquote all-star in Nikola Vucevic, and then actually got worse after that does two things for me. Number one, it proves how inept and awful the Chicago Bulls organization is, is they had two all-stars that unlike other teams with two all-stars such as Washington could not get their team to the playoffs and two completely and utterly discounts. The fact that Nikola Vucevic was an all-star this year. I think that's, you know, very clearly been the mistake. I know the heat struggled and and someone like Bam maybe didn't necessarily deserve based off their standing, but again, the heat were higher up in the standings than the magic when that was released. Um, I think it's ridiculous. I have nothing, no real gripe against Nick Vucevic, but like the bulls clearly struggled. They obviously, like I said, got worse once Vucevic came on, I'm disappointed because that team should be in the playoffs. They should be a fixture at this point with how long this core has been together. They, they suck. They, they need to overhaul. They need to trade marketing. They need to consider trading Levine. They got, they, they got a lot of work to do this off season.
1: Yeah. Levine. I don't know if you trade Levine, but you can definitely obviously get a lot of assets for him. But yeah, I was wrong about marketing. He's, he's, he's been playing very, <laughs> very, very poorly. Uh, so my most disappointing. It's, this one's tough. Cause there's a few. I think to be a little bit zany, I'm going to go with Chelsea, the Chelsea Football Club. Got beat by Arsenal, and as like a passive Arsenal fan, that doesn't happen. I only like him because my friends do. But um, they lost the FA Cup to Leicester City, which if anyone knows anything about that, please let me know because (laughs) that's kind of where I'm at. But something, something championship, they lost to Leicester City. Now, what I will say, though, is Chelsea does have a chance to win the Champions League, which is like the best of the best in terms of you know, trophies. So could this be a turnaround? Maybe we'll have a return of the king in a few weeks. Definitely could happen, but we will have to see right now. Chelsea, pretty disappointing how they played in the past few days.
0: Yeah, struggles. We don't talk about soccer much, but uh, we'll bring it up when it's important. <laughs>
1: I'll slander a soccer team. <laughs> I'm on on Ted Lasso high right now. I was about
0: to say, Ted Lasso is essentially 10 episodes of just slandering the idea of football slash soccer. You don't want to call them cookies here. You call them biscuits. (laughs) Bad boy of the week. Who's a bad boy in your opinion, Baker?
1: I think going off the little rant I had earlier, Shohei Otani just been a bad boy showing us that pitchers can hit. If there was a world like, you know, Pat McAfee, like take punters are people too, like show Otani is like pitchers or batters too like i love how he plays like all nine innings even if he's not pitching like that to me is awesome like playing as a dh just he's playing he's not okay, he's not mike trout he's not batting 400 but he's killing it right now and
0: I, i'm i'm rooting for him i love it yeah no like i said before i'll hear for it um, my bad boy of the week actually was going to win three different awards for me. I brought it back down to no, just this one, just for the sake of diversity. Uh, Steph Curry is one bad, bad man. 45 points on nine threes in a clinching game to get his team the eight seed, meaning they have two shots in the play in to get into the actual playoffs. Like we said before, Steph Curry is on an absolute tear and he can rattle off 40, 50 points like it's absolutely nothing. And it is just his job because that's what it is. Steph Curry has been one bad man recently and basically his, his entire career. So that, that that's the, my award winner. And it wasn't even close this week. You've been a bad boy. Wardell. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on the moment of the week. There are a couple that I was going to pick, but I decided to go with, um, the induction ceremony for Kobe Bryant into the hall of fame. Not only the speech that Vanessa Bryant gave, but then the moment, the moment specifically I'm talking about is when they put Kobe's hall of fame jacket on their daughter, Natalia. I thought that was a very wholesome moment, very nice touching tribute. Obviously Kobe very unfortunately passed. So this was a nice way to keep his family a part of it and a part of his life. You know, this is the highest achievement that a basketball player can earn and Kobe Bryant, absolutely absolutely deserves to be a hall of famer he was always going to be a hall of famer so the fact that he's here and he you know unfortunately wasn't here to actually be here to accept the fact that his family was there to do it for him very touching moment that was my moment of the week in sports
1: yeah there's no arguing that i'm gonna pick a different one but please watch the kobe bryant induction ceremony definitely worth the watch great honestly great stuff and you know it's tragic, you know, what happened, but it's good to see that his memory will live on. Definitely, you know, after that happened, you could really, like we talked about in our other episode, just the impact it had on people really shows that it expanded past basketball, which is, you know, a great thing to see. My moment of the week, though, goes out to Sabrina Ionescu. I think you pronounce her name. She's a WNBA player in New York Liberty. She played two games last year, balled out, got hurt. She comes back debut game pulling some like jordan shrug hitting a bank in three she called game though hit a game winning three with 0. 0.4 seconds left had liberty Damn. winning baller <laughs> just straight up her veins cold-blooded we'd love to see it so that's
0: savage that, that yeah take some balls even for someone without balls and just <laughs> just wait like that. Paige
1: buchers in a few years is going to be doing oh like the God. same thing and that's it's going to be
0: insane we're, i'm we're gonna be talking all, about Paige buchers on this show for a long time i know Oh, man. All right. Last award here would be the return of the king. Alex, who is your recipient for the comeback king of the week? Comeback. Oh, boy. (laughs) Should I make that the the Chris Pratt joke from Parks and Rec?
1: My comeback player of the week is Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Wait, why? (laughs)
0: Pretty sure she had come on her back in the video.
1: (laughs) And we're just starting laughing. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) Let me collect my train of thought. My uh, return of the king this week. I I gotta give it to Jokic once again. I don't, I don't know if I gave him Return of the King necessarily, but I've given him other superlatives. There's no reason that he's returned, but I think he solidified himself as like the MVP. I know you were talking about Embiid. I think Jokic just won it. Not to say Embiid hasn't had a great season. You know, I'm just trying to. I'm I'm between you and me, just trying to get him a little fired up for the playoffs, you know, just Man, that's okay really win. sometimes you but need that seriously, Jokic had a great season, especially without Jamal Murray. And we'll see what he does in the playoffs. But my return to the King is just, you know, how impressive he's played and how consistent he's played despite all that little bit of adversity. Like they lost Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee this entire off season and have still like after a rocky start have still stayed as like a top contender in the West. And he's putting up MVP numbers and will probably win MVP. Actually, another dark horse that I could swoop in is Steph Curry, like we talked about earlier. Who knows what the, that idea of, like, that last-minute voting could do. But I think Jokic is going to win it. Who knows, though?
0: Yeah, all that you mentioned, plus then, you know, the fact that they got better once Murray went down. <laughs> I think Nick Jokic is going to win the MVP, but Joel Embiid is the MVP. I want to just make that clear. I don't just dis- – actually, I think if we're saying, like, the
1: MVP – I, without Steph Curry in the Warriors, they would be at the bottom of the league, like below That's the fair. Rockets.
0: That's very like fair. Steph
1: Curry is just incredible. What? If, oh, here's a what if. What if Klay Thompson, like midway through, like they're playing game against the Lakers. I'm going to say that the Lakers lose tonight, or whatever. They're the seven seed. Yeah. What if Klay Thompson just rips off his boot and like walks in, like does the whole like Kane the WWE thing where he like stomps his leg on the ground, just like is ready to run the court. They, the they Warriors in,
0: are terrifying. They, they stand him in the th- in the corner and they just say, you don't move all game. You it's, stand, catch, and shoot.
1: You ever seen, was it was a double team, the two twins. They're, <laughs> the one twin has like an injury and like, she's a decoy. She's a decoy. They just put her in the corner and she makes the game winning shot. It's like that.
0: Easy, easy. Steve all Kerr, right.
1: please watch a double team before you play or do playing game. Clay Thompson could exactly. be a very possible asset. Huge. The, the Huge. Change the game.
0: My return of the King is the King himself. LeBron James came back from injury, helped the Lakers defeat the Pacers. He had 24, eight and seven. You know, that's a, that's a pretty normal stat, stat line for LeBron James at this point, but uh, he's back. The Lakers, they have the chance to get the sixth seed, but regardless, what I'm really saying he's back for is he is back to get this team truly into the playoffs and back in their finals form because they are maybe the first seven seed that might be the favorite to come out of their conference. It's absurd. LeBron James, if you're healthy and you're ready to go, regardless of the fact that it goes through Utah or Phoenix, the West goes through you, and you know that. LeBron James my return to the King. The King is back. I'm expecting a lot of chaos to go down in the Western Conference this, this postseason, and I am very excited for it. We will make sure to give you all the information and all of our thoughts about this
1: chaos, but I'm also very much looking forward to it. Sports are no fun when it's simple and straightforward. And Correct. Before last year, a lot of times we sort of knew what was going to occur. I think 2019 was the first year where we didn't necessarily know what happened. Maybe, you know, the West, we kind of knew the Warriors would run through everyone. But the East with the Raptors, a little bit different. Last year was very much a surprise with the heat. And this year, I think, is really going to be – it's going to be interesting, especially in the West. So – Maybe it ends up being the Lakers, but I think we're going to have a few
0: solid details thrown in there. Yeah, no, I, at the very least expect something, something to go a little, a little jar and and mix up how you think this is going to go down. It never goes exactly how you expect it to. And that is the beauty of sports. Otherwise we'd have perfect brackets in March every year. With that being said, we are going to bring this episode to a close here. Stay tuned, however, because this week we are going to be dropping our non-sports episode. Going to record it sometime in the middle of the week. Drop it for you later on. We're very excited about it. Going to be just talking about some off-the-cuff stuff, movies, pop culture, all that good stuff. Uh, We'll be here for you. If you like our banter, that's the part of the show you really come back for. Then you're going to love this next episode. Um, But yeah, a little bit of free time opening up for us. Playoffs starting in the sports. So it's a really great time for us. Until then, though, have a fantastic week. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Finish us off here.
1: Take care, everyone.